Hello, welcome to the CCWSA podcast. I'm Rob High, um, along with my co-host, Phil Naiman. Phil, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. And uh, we are coming to you from behind enemy lines at the People's Republic of Occupied California. And uh, we've actually got a great guy here who's here in the fight. I mean, you know, I try and do a lot of stuff for the Second Amendment and, and being pro-gun as much as I can, but... I cannot um, undo the sandal straps of this guy who's here with us before us. His name is Rick Travis. Rick is in the fight every single day with some of the worst people on earth, also known as the California legislature, uh, who are doing everything they can to steal your rights and to basically impoverish, do everything bad to the California public. And he's in there in Sacramento in the lion's den uh, fighting for our Second Amendment rights. So it's hats off to him. We all should give him a round of applause and uh, everybody should join the CRPA. But Rick, how's your morning going, buddy? <laughs> it's been a rough few weeks. So uh, it's not it's not what I would like it to be doing, but I'm very happy to be here with you and Rob. It's always good to see you, Rob. Good to see you, Phil. Um, I don't get to see people like you very often where I work. So uh, that's refreshing. <laughs> so ex explain exactly, I mean, I told you what it's like for your job, but what exactly is your job currently? I'm the legislative director, which is a nice title for I'm the lobbyist for the Second Amendment here in California and hunting rights. And, and uh, so basically most of your time now is split in Sacramento, right? Yep. Vast majority of my life is in Sacramento right now. So... Some people might say, well, that sounds like a neat idea, you know, kind of a great job. But um, what is the temperament? Now, when the Supreme Court came down with the Bruin case, which kind of gave us a reset and maybe um, I shouldn't say our gun rights restored, but at least they, they should be where they. The Supreme Court gave the courts the mandate to take an honest look at the Second Amendment and to implement that almost as if he was scolded like a petulant child, the governor of California had a slightly different reaction. What was that? Well, I want to back you up a little bit. I mean, obviously the governor's had a different reaction, but there's a couple of things I think everybody need to realize. Um, you know, for years, organizations have been on what, and I've argued with you on this, not against you, but with you, um, for several years that they have been mostly in a reactive stance. They haven't been proactive. You know, uh, our organization along with a couple of others have been pushing for a proactive case. New York uh, Rifle Pistol Association, we joined with them on that case. We got the Bruin decision. And I think a lot of people, because we're a patchwork nation when it comes to the second amendment. I mean, if, you know, you go to some states and they just take that right for granted. And I'm sure several of the states that CCW Safe works with are in that, in that realm and then there's ones there in the middle it's like well things aren't great but things aren't bad kind of where we were 25 years ago and that breeds a lot of complacency and then there's those of us that are in the uh, as you said behind enemy lines and so i've likened it over the past couple of weeks that the bruin decision for us in the second amendment was truly like the battle of midway during world war ii it was the point where we as the americans knew the imperial navy of japan was done but that didn't stop the Japanese from saying, you're going to have to fight tooth and nail to take everything back that we did in late, you know, 40 and 41 and 42. So 
Um, there's this attitude within our community of, oh, we won Bruin. Everything resets tomorrow. And that's not the way it happens. Yeah, just to, so it's almost like we've won. Go back to the couch, watch another football game. Yeah, exactly. And we haven't built a farm team. I mean, be honest, uh, our community across the board, no matter what part of the country you come from, tends to be, well, it's the raw thing, so I shouldn't have to do anything. You know, people should just do the right thing. The other side has actively been building a farm team from the bottom up and pushing those people into place. So I get a lot of people come at me, you blew this, you allowed this to happen, like it's been happening overnight. This has been happening for a couple of decades. So now we have this win. And obviously the Bruin decision, you know, if you look at what the, the majority opinion was, it was thou shalt not, there were a lot of thou shalt not, thou shalt not create, you know, all of Manhattan to be an area where you can't carry a CCW. You won't interfere in these areas. And it wasn't just Newsom. I mean, as much as I love to point out all of Newsom's foibles and why he should never be president of the United States, which I don't care what he says, he's gunning for that. Um, you have to realize there's people like the Brady campaign, Giffords, moms that demand action that literally, if there was one message I want to get across to this morning, they are writing up policies from city to counties, parishes, depending on what it is in your particular state, all the way up to the federal government and handing pre-cut uh, pieces of legislation and policies and regulatory issues forward and they're handing them to those leftist candidates and leftist members in your local government who pushed them through with cute little names that don't sound harmful until it is. And back in our state in 2016, you and I remember, we had people in our own community go, well, how could this proposition be bad? It's safety for all. <laughs> no, it was safety for none, but you know they put a cute title on it. And so uh, we have a Senate bill that was uh, a dealer record of sale, we call it DROS here, that was just designed to tweak and make sure the funds went where they're supposed to go because you know, felt that wasn't happening here in California. And that right. has become Senate Bill 918, which uh, set a record last week with 185 amendments overnight. Most bills get somewhere between a dozen, dozen and a half amendments. And that's, that's which is, serious. Which is, which is bad enough. And then of course, uh, we're not the only state with it, but the gut and amend program where right. they have to have everything passed out of committee by or uh, voted on by February, but then finalized by August. So they pass, as you said, the puppy dog and sweet dreams bill. And then it comes out with all the all the verbiage of it later is completely different. A hundred and how many amendments? Seventy five amendments. Hundred and eighty five amendments. So. You know, in, in a rational world, you'd say, well, that's not the same bill. It has to be scrapped. These are not amendments. That's a total, you know, after 150 changes, it's, you know, you got to admit something's wrong here after 150 changes. And this is only 185. So it's, you know, big deal, but obviously trying to be sarcastic, but um, that's the broken system we're dealing with just because it's broken doesn't mean we still don't have to deal with it. And mm -hmm. they have, they're in no hurry to fix anything because this is the way they like to do stuff. So 918 went from something that said, here's our dealer record of sale charges. And this is the use they're supposed to be used for. This is supposed to back them. So it'd be something that you would say, hey, this is the right idea. 
and then they completely change it uh, to be the absolute let's stab Rick in the back bill. Uh, so what does 918 do now? Do we have that long? Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's just give it the first 180 changes. Yeah, so here's some things. Um, so remember when the Supreme Court and our majority justices said, do not create a special zone. Do not take the whole island. Well, they chose to take the whole island of California. And I'm going to go over some of the areas that people have to start looking at. So this is just some of the new places, new places where CCWs will be prohibited. Any local or state capital grounds, legislative office, governor's mansions, any property owned by the governor in our state, the governor owns property beyond his own personal residence. He owns some wineries, some other areas. So couldn't carry there. Um, not that I was going to go frequent them, but you know, you can't. Uh, the entire property of any location under the control of any officer of the state government. Now that's that's a little state land different because that's a moving target. You know, if the highway patrol, which is our state police, happen to say, hey, right now we're in control of this area, and you happen to be there, you're now in violation. Um, or what about the state state lands? Oh well, we haven't got there yet. Okay. Give me a minute. <laughs> so when we, uh, the next one that was really, um, really a grab is previously we've all known in, in many states, you could not go into a, what's called a sterile area of an airport, for example, you know, there are parts of airports that we're told you have to keep your firearms secure, but once you get to this point, you can put it back on you. And we've all kind of grown used to this. This now says anything, including parking lots, sidewalks, anything that adjoined to an airport, but also harbors. So, you know, if I'm one of those people out here in California, and I know there's people in the Midwest to do it on lakes, you have a houseboat. Yep, can't have your CCW anymore. There can be no concealed firearm in any harbor, any airport here in the state of California. Now the port facilities, anything connected to it. Not on any street or sidewalk adjacent to any school grounds. And as you know, in this state before, you know, sidewalks, because often schools are in neighborhoods and can make it very hard for you to get to your own house. Yep, those are now off limits. The entire property of any preschool or childcare facility. And here's the thing, um, you know, I don't know how it works in all the states here, but in many states, you know, you're, you're in your home, like you are, Rob, and all of a sudden, you know, your neighbors, decide I'm going to open up a child care facility to, to make some extra money. Well, is your house within a thousand feet of that? Because if it is, guess what? And there is no exemption for it. You either move in or you're not going to have them. Um, courts, detention centers. Um, my other one that I, you know, and this is sarcasm favorite is anywhere medical care is provided so, Phil, you go into a place that's been approved, you can carry your CCW, and meanwhile, someone has a heart attack. You know, God forbid, but it happens in the parking lot. Who comes? Paramedics. What's that? Medical care. Now, if you walk out, are you in the parking lot where medical care is being provided? You're now in violation of the law. You know, um, we can go down. It's the entire property of any business or vendor that sells alcohol for consumption, regardless if it's their primary business. So, you know, before you could go into a Red Lobster, some kind of mass restaurant, 
I could have my firearm, four tables over, Rob could be seen having a glass of wine or a beer. I was fine. Nope, no longer fine. Can't carry there. Um, you know, any permitted public gathering. So, you know, you go to a park and somebody's decided to have a bar mitzvah, a wedding, and they have to pull a permit. Well, now there's a thousand yard, can't be near it. How would you know? Um, you know, any See, park, you, athletic you, area. What you just said, what you just said, Rick, if I can touch on this. And this is what people need to understand. Again, you know, you're watching this in Oklahoma, Texas. You're like, well, you know, you're idiots. You live in California. No, these are, these are written on purpose by the Brady Bill, which is not a California organization, by the Giffords, which are from Arizona, right? Mark Kelly running for Senate in Arizona. He, uh, he is the heavily connected, as his wife was Gabby Gifford, right? So you've got a senator there in Arizona who's deadly after your Second Amendment rights. Um, they're all over the place and they give money to weak politicians who are not out there to support the second amendment to push through their agendas so it'll pop up in in texas where's this going to pop up houston right somebody like a sheila jackson austin. lee who's a local person there they're going to bring it up austin houston that's where it's going to pop up in north louisiana it's going to pop up in new orleans um I did that accent. Did you catch that? That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Nolans. Okay. <laughs> you know, anywhere in New York. Um, but the hotbeds of these metro cities in Colorado. Colorado is supposed to be this big free state, you know, hunting, Rocky Mountains, wilderness. And what happened? Well, we got the magazine banned because you have Hickenlooper, a terrible governor at the time, totally anti-gun pushing his agenda through and it wasn't even he's not bright enough to write the stuff right it was handed to him on a little post-it note says insert here and he just walks in and puts it in and, and then we're all fighting for it so we've got these nefarious groups such as the brady campaign such as the giffords campaign and these campaigns right they take a tragedy and they market it the Brady campaign. Brady was a press secretary for Ronald Reagan. He was shot by um, John Hinckley. Hinckley? Yeah. yeah Hinkley. Who, who the courts let out of prison, right? Because he was mentally deranged. It's like, well, geez, maybe we should keep him in since he's mentally deranged. Anyway, that's my, my point of view is bad people should stay in jail forever till they die. Right, Rob? Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. But they let these people back out to continue to commit more crimes and to cause these issues. Um, and so if you think this is just a California problem, you're wrong. The other part that you really have to understand is, yes, we have horrid politicians in California. California may be a failed state. It's on the it's teetering on the brink. We're very, very close. Um, if, but we have Congress people in California and senators that vote on legislation that will affect Oklahoma, that will affect South Dakota, Nebraska, all these places that you guys think, are, hey, man, we're good. We're constitutional carry. We have good people. Well, federal law, um, even if it's written poorly, is something we have to live under until it's finally overturned. And how many years did the Bruin case take? Seven, eight? Eight. Eight years. So we were living under the Bruin case for eight years until it was overturned. And I'm going to guess it probably was at the expense of five to six million dollars in legal fees for that time period. 
So, I mean, that's, that's robbing our time and it's robbing our treasure, not to mention our, our energy, right? Uh, our life's force uh, out of these people. These people are evil and you need to realize that they do not have safety as an intention in any case, right? Yeah, Sorry, I think it's important. On no, no. <laughs> and I think it's important for all of us to realize, I think we as, as Americans and uh, people that believe in the constitution say, you know, some things aren't going to repeat. And, you know, there were times even as a kid, my grandparents would tell me about World War II and, and things that went on. And you know, I hate to say it, but as a kid, I was kind of like, well, some of it was kind of interesting, but some of it's like, oh, that would never happen again. Like we've learned our lessons. Yeah, in California, part of this, I mean, and this goes on, you know, amusement parks. I can't go to the park with my grandkid anymore if this gets signed into law, which it looks like it will. I um, mean, we're going to fight it. But it came to two groups, and this was interesting to me. You know, in the, the mid-1930s Germany, um, the government at that time did not want certain groups to have any voice. They wanted to eliminate them. And they didn't do it overnight. They did it through a series of actions. One of the first actions was to say, oh, if you want to go do business with people who are gypsies or people who are from Jewish or, or several other you know cultures that they didn't like, they first forced those businesses to put signs outside that said, oh, if you're going to go do business with them, that's who they are. And that was designed to make people that wanted to be Separation. on the side of the government be there. So here's what California's done. All businesses are off limits to carrying your, your firearm, unless, unless all private businesses, including yours, I can't go to yours unless you put a four by six sign at every entrance and exit that says you are permitted to carry a concealed carry firearm inside. Which now makes it very yeah. easy for the government to know which side of this equation you play on. But it gets worse. All places of worship, mosques, synagogues, churches, have to put the same signs outside. No longer is your church security team allowed to carry. All places of worship, their parking lots, and the parking lots adjacent, even if they're not owned by the, the church, and the streets around, are now going to be a gun-free zone by mandate of the state, unless that particular organization wants to say, no, we disagree with the state of California, and they put those on, which means a place of worship has two choices, to fight the government, and we saw how that worked during COVID nationwide, not real well, or they have to say, we're an open target, come get us. Well, there's so many things that that we've brought up in multiple episodes, um, and and for me, the biggest one is the silent majority doesn't have the right to be silent anymore. Um, anybody that pays attention to how trends go, they start East Coast, West Coast, and they and they slowly encroach all the way into the middle of the country. Um, the, the Bruin case, like you said, Rick, everybody thought, wow, man, it's over. We can sit back and relax. Where our counterparts were on the other side and had already been game planning 
for what the next step was in the event that they lost it. So we're sitting here playing checkers and they're playing chess. Um, even if even if you don't have what it takes to get out there and lead the way and make a change, um, it, it's nothing to pick up your phone and, and call your representatives. Um, it's nothing to send them emails that are tracked that, that we know that, that they have to do and, and be very vocal, be very active. Um, you know, you don't have to be the guy on the front lines, but you know, there are plenty of organizations out there that need the finances that are on the front lines that are continuing to fight. And, you know, even if it's just 10 bucks, that's 10 bucks closer than, than they were. Um, so that's a huge deal. You know, New York state did that within a week after the, the Bruin, uh, it was already written. It was pre-written sitting on a shelf waiting. If this happens, do this. Yes. Right. So, you know, if there, if there's any other things out there, Rick, that you, you know, our, our listeners can become involved with and, and start supporting proper legislations and put up a, a fight to defend what is your right already. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would say two things to that. Um, the first one is, you know, where we react pretty poorly when a bill goes across and we say, Oh my gosh, well, very few of these bills, this is an exception, but very few of these bills happen the first time. I mean, Phil, you and I have joked about some of the bills in California, we've called them zombie bills because they come back year after year after year because they will keep pushing no matter what. We, on the other hand, will push a bill, say, to open up something for youth and it doesn't make it through the first year. And our side was like, well, that was like passing gas in church. Let's not do that again. No, we need to be just as diligent and going, fine, we didn't get round one. We're going round two. We're going round three and keep pushing. But we tend to, to have a short attention span in it. The other issue is, and this is going to go, we've already been talking about it in our law office. This is going nationwide starting in January. And the process of this first 185 amendments, they just did another series night before last. And this is what's truly scary. And I think for people that watch your, your podcast, Rob, this is the national wake-up call. Like if this, what we're talking about in 918, won't scare people, especially when I get to the new qualifications to carry a CCW that are going to require in this state. <clears throat> they used gender neutrality language to go back in, and they threw it in this bill. This bill's called an urgency bill, and they have them throughout several states. So what that means is normally a bill gets signed by the governor, and there's a period of time between usually three or four months till next year starts to up to 18 months out before it takes place. An urgency bill means the moment the governor drops the pen because they finished the last part of their last name, it's law. Right then. Urgency bills also have the unique feature that they can slam some things into them at the last minute. And one of the things they slammed into this was they went back and changed everywhere what it said in the penal code, his, her, he, she, to the them, they. In the process, they are now talking in California of opening up the entire penal code to change everything to make it gender compliant. When they do that, that means every law in our state 
in the penal code they can go and monkey it with all at once. Yeah, I just saw Phil go, what? That's right. Well, I so was I was thinking this might not be a bad idea because if I was in trouble and if I didn't identify I as a them, that. they, but as a he, then it wouldn't apply to me, right? <laughs> I'm not even going to go down that road. <laughs> trying, trying to find a way out of this, man. So <laughs> no. by doing so, they're allowed to amend different laws that are already on the books to however they want to. Wow. So they are definitely fighting and they're going for broke. I think what's important though, too, is, you know, one of the things Bruin said was you can no longer look at a couple of things when it came to deciding if I could have it. And one of them was the whole idea of moral character versus Cause. Huh? Cause. Yeah. So we went on good cause, but now they're going after moral character. And this is how they're doing it. So in California, you know, there's the basic state. They've upped the number of hours of, of training. You have to have a written exam. But here's some ones that are going <clears> to <throat> blow you away because they don't apply to everybody. So it's going to get interesting. You have to have three personal references. One must be a cohabitant. And one must be a parent or current or former romantic partner. And if you live by yourself, you're my you dog go. wrote this. Oof. Paw print. The agency is now required, which for a lot of our agencies, this is going to break their back and, and staying current with CCWs to interview all, all three people. So your three references have to have physical interviews, which is going to slow down the process especially when you have some of our, our departments in this day have 20, 25,000 active CCWs, that's 75,000 interviews. Uh, every so year, gonna, right? And, yeah. and so, excuse me, during renewals. So every two years that has to be done, not in addition to whatever new ones come in. Correct. So you can figure that that's a huge time cost. Um, and then the new one is the agency is required to review all publicly available information, especially your, your social media posts and those that have been posted on your site. So here's the deal. You know, I, I have people that are sarcastic as all get out and they post things <laughs> on my site. So I have two choices. I can run the gambit and let them do it, or I can unfriend them in order to protect my right to carry a firearm which is designed to do two things. One, let them label me very easily and I've got a high target value given the work I do, or B, right. force me to have to say, oh, sorry, John, I can't be your friend anymore on social media, which causes issues for a lot of people. And it also allows for psych evaluations now that you have to pay for that the government gets to choose who it goes through. So that's interesting. Um, you can never have been convicted of contempt of court. So one of the first things I remarked was this whole bill is in contempt of the Supreme Court. So therefore, all the people that vote on it should never be able to have a CCW. That was my stab at the back. Um, but it also says you can't be using um, or be impacted by any medication. So does that mean somebody's taking a statin because they have high blood pressure? Somebody takes, I mean, they don't define anything. And one of the things that we had with the 
uh, sheriffs, we have some really great sheriffs in the state. They went and sat down with DOJ and the authors and they pointed these things out. And this is, should hit it home for everybody. The authors looked at them and said, uh, so. okay. And so two of the examples that we, we ran up um, in the legislation that, to try to say, hey, this isn't fair. I use myself as one example. If I get in a car and I go to drive to Northern California where I like to go turkey hunting, there's a couple of big freeways that go through the state of California. One's the 99, one's the five. I hate the 99, it's a personal thing. So I drive the five, but as Phil knows, there's wide swaths of that freeway that there's nothing. There's no gas station, there's nothing. So as I'm going through there, I hit something, get a flat tire. California, we don't, our cars don't come with five really cool tires that come with this stupid little donut tire that doesn't work really well. So you or, generally or a run flat where they say good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So in general, you call Auto Club and they send out, you know, a tow truck. Well, those tow trucks get government funds. You can no longer have a CCW firearm in anything that receives government funding. Which is it means a CCW or is it a uh, carrying any kind of firearm? So you've got your shotguns yeah, in the back it's of your both. truck. But right yeah. now, before you could kind of get away with the CCW, now you can't. So all the little car services like Lyft and Uber offline, taxis offline, bus offline. In our state, when you're stuck on the freeway for more than an hour, the state police get to tow your car and impound it and take whatever's in it, which means you surrendered your firearms to the state. If you take them out, according to this new law, you can't walk on the highway or within a thousand feet of it with it which means now my only choice is to jump the fence into some farmer along the fives area, which means now I've trespassed with a firearm. That's another. So immediately you're done because you had a flat tire. And we pointed that out and they're like, well, you didn't have to carry. And there it is, folks. Well, you didn't have to carry. In other words, you made the choice to put yourself in that situation. That's obscene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's common, you know, and again, I, I know, I mean, and I'd be the same thing if I was living up in Wyoming and I'm watching this thing, it's like, well, dummies move out of the state, but this is a nationwide phenomenon. The camel is just getting his nose under your tent and you need to realize that I was at a shooting match last weekend, which I did very poorly in, which is the way I like to shoot uh, to make others feel better about themselves. <laughs> anyway, one of the guys I'm talking to about, I'm bringing up the next thing in California, which is um, all ammunition must be non-lead, including target ammunition used in an uh -huh. outdoor range right? They're pushing this. And I say this to this guy, I said, you guys got to get involved. He's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm moving to Idaho. I'm like, you're an idiot. Well, Have you why seen is not going to stop? <laughs> yeah. Well, why, why would you not fight it? And so if you're going to Idaho, then maybe you send your funds to the CRPA or some of the other organizations doing their stuff. Why aren't you forcing this issue here? Um, why, why are you surrendering an entire state because you don't want to deal with it. And number one, we're in this situation because guys with that attitude haven't dealt with it for the last 50 years. They've passed the buck. Oh, the NRA can do this, this, whatever. I paid my $35 a year. That ought to cover it. You know, and it's just, it's insane to push, you know, let me back this up. The second amendment crowd, 
and I've been on the radio for 10 years doing this. My whole life's been in there where a lot of a personalities, the problem is everybody wants to be in charge. You know, we, we don't work well in an entity in a group because everybody's kind of, you know, they're, they're alone soul survivor kind of a thing. There's a lot of that mentality. And so, well, I got mine. Um, and not pushing forward for the next generation is very short-sighted. And that's why other states have to stand up and come and fight these things where the battlefront is. It doesn't do us any good if you're in reserve, like, you know, Gettysburg, right? One of the generals, one of Lee's generals sat in reserve till the battle was over. Well, that didn't work really well for Lee. Not that I'm a Confederate guy, just the, the situation. If all your guys, if you, all your army's in reserve while you're doing the fighting and you're dead, um, not sure why you bothered having an army in reserve. The fight is here. The fight is now. And it's for your Second Amendment rights wherever you live. Just because our battlefront is on the West Coast. It's in New York. The Bruin case came out of New York, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody, the, the New York Rifle and Pistol Club stood up and said enough of this and fought for eight years to get that into the Supreme Court. That's in New York City where we already think, hey, there's no guns allowed, right? So it, the, uh, the battlefronts in different areas. And just because you're not being affected today doesn't mean you're not on the menu. Yeah. And I think one of the things going on that is we have to look at the battleground of this country differently. People look at California as an example, and say, well, write it off, let it fall into the Pacific, things like that. And, and I get it. Here's the part that you got to start looking at, though, when, you know, the news media is telling you that the majority of trucks are leaving California with Californians, and they're mostly coming out of LA and the Bay Area. Those are not the people you want migrating to you, because those are people that are going to change your policies in your background. They've already drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and they're going to bring the Kool-Aid truck to your, your neighborhood. Secondly, what you said throughout the show, and I've been harping on this, is that when you look at where, where this battleground is, California is the battleground. But one of my complaints is how we stop this is we tell nobody from out of state gets to put money into our politics. That would take care of Giffords, Brady, Moms of Demand Action, because this is Soros money, Bloomberg money, you know, that is being poured in to here by the way, from many of your states out there where you're like laughing at us, it's your people that are attacking us. So like I could be very angry and say, why don't you rein your own people in and get this off of our back because this is what we're facing. And the reason they're doing it is because, you know, everything from our fishing game code to a lot of these things were originally done in California. And everybody else basically cut and paste their penal codes, their laws off of what we had done. And so that's why they fight here, because that gives them a legal precedence in your home state. So folks, not fighting this battle, you're just, you're being really, really dumb to be polite, because it's coming, and part of it's already came, because it's small increments. They don't take the whole apple till they think they can. Right now, that's where we're at in California. They think they can. We're, we're the hot gates, okay? We the movie through it, we're, we're at the hot gates and we can see the Soros money coming in from like the Persian army and, yep. you know, Hey, there's, there's only so much. And so this is a nationwide, whether you realize it or not today, even though we're resting on the Bruin case, this is a nationwide fight 
you are involved in whether you realize it or not. And the sooner people stand up for their second amendments and, and there's rifle and pistol associations in every state. And, you know, the NRA does some good work every now and then. And um, there's other groups that are out there, but it's important that you get involved where you're at and, you know, send, send, send reinforcements to those that are on the front line. Uh, I don't make a dime from this, right? This is not my business to support these groups. I am a Second Amendment advocate because that's my passion and I believe we should all be so. I am also a First Amendment advocate, a Fourth Amendment advocate, you know, uh, not so much the 13th Amendment. I think we could, you know, the, the income tax one we could redo, but there's a lot of things I do agree with on there, right? So we, we are civil rights um, fighters. We're fighting for our civil rights, which is the Second Amendment in this particular case. And, you know, one of the things that I would point out to people, too, is your vice president of the United States was our attorney general back in 2016 when this onslaught started. And her co-conspirator in this is our current governor, Gavin Newsom, who is trying to get to the White House himself. So I look at people going, you realize 50% of the equation that led to this mess is already over all of you. And the other half is trying to get there very quickly. And what kind of judges do you think they'll appoint? Yeah, it's not going to be friendly judges to us at all. And their disdain in the Capitol to be really upfront is repeatedly when we brought up the Bruin decision, they think the Supreme Court is null and void in California. Rick, what kind of what kind of actions are you guys taking countering this right now? So we have literally uh, at the CRPA instituted more lawsuits over this period of time than we probably have in 15 to 20 years combined. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it's incredibly costly, like, but we realize new, we have new no lawsuits, choice. Isn't it? Isn't it eight uh, new when ones? We're done, it's going to be close to double that because just 918 is going to be probably five different lawsuits because they pack so much into it. And, and we have 2571 like that. that basically removed any ability for us to work with youth in this state, trying to kill the next generation work. And we're looking at right now already probably 30 more bills being pushed at us in January. So this other bill that came out about the youth, right? We can't market or anything to youth. 2571. About safe, about safe hunting, safe gun handling, responsible gun ownership. We can't do that. But... Did they restrict Call of Duty in California or first shooter games nope. at all? No. Yeah, that's why I keep trying to tell people that this is definitely what I would call bloodless coup to remove the firearms from the people. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta understand what's going on out there. Um, and this thing, like you're talking about, Rick, it's gonna trend. Um, you have people moving out in mass from California and, um, you know, Gary and I took a, a course from, uh, Texas DPS from the Texas Rangers last year. And they were warning us on places in Texas, on counties in Texas, where not to go because they've already become so far left that, mm -hmm that the charges, the likelihood of having charges, even in a, in a clear-cut self-defense incident, if you used a firearm, they were gonna, they were gonna be filing charges. Um, 
and and you're talking about you know the old wild west you're talking about the state of texas um, right well you know and a lot of people are like well i'm going to texas well, Texas was run by like Ma Richards for like 30 years, and they were totally anti-gun throughout the 1980s and 90s and 70s. And it wasn't until I think Rick Perry kind of got in that things turned around over there. But uh, it was a Democrat. It wasn't until that shooting. Yeah. It wasn't until the shooting where the young lady came out and said she could have possibly saved one that Rick Perry went from being a gun-stealing Democrat to becoming all of a sudden Second Amendment. And I've always had questions of like, you know, politicians just want to stay in office. They'll say whatever they need to stay to stay there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've told people for years that if you go to the top of the the food chain on on either side of the aisle, what separates them is just just fractions. Yeah, the the biggest thing and the one thing that they'll always have absolutely in common is the desire to re retain power so mm -hmm. yeah i mean you take, i mean so look at the personalities that are involved like you know again let's pick on uh, another californian pelosi um she's older than the crypt keeper keeper why would she still want to be doing this other than she is addicted to power it, it is an absolute when when they get in there, there's something that happens to them. They cannot control their lust for power, and their power over other people is the most exciting thing in their life. And you know, she, well, you don't have you to know. look for you don't have to look for corruption much more than realizing that. So the, in this state, you know, the average person running for a Congress, the Assembly, it's millions of dollars to get in for a job that doesn't pay that. And if I came to you as my financial advisor and said, Hey, Phil, there's this really cool job that pays $170,000 a year. I want to spend $2 million to get into it. And I'm only going to have it for two to four years. You're going to look at me and go, no. As my financial, don't do it. But well, actually, when, when they, you when look they at came to me, yeah, when they came to me and asked me about running for state assembly, I'm like the same I can't take the pay cut. What are you, are you guys crazy? Not to mention, right. um, you know, I would go absolutely, if you know anything about me, I couldn't sit through a meeting where somebody's lying to me for eight hours without jumping up and slapping them silly because it's just the ridiculousness and the amount of crud that Rick, that's why you're a saint. You're going to be in the top tier in heaven, um, no, putting up with this stuff, close. but the lies and the lies and the, the idiocy that you have to listen to through those committees, you know, I've gone to like one of them and I'm like, okay, I'm done. You know, there's a, they wonder why I drink. This is a good cause right here. But if you look at those people like Pelosi, there is no way they could be worth as much money as they're worth no. based on a paycheck alone. And therein lies the corruption of it's money. When you see how much money these people leave office with, it's corruption. And to say anything differently, but it's part of our fault too, because you know what? A lot of us, people, I meet people, all, good people in our community, and they love to say, well, you know what, Rick? I know so and so. Good luck Great. with that. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. Well, so this so is 918. Um, a couple other things I just want your people across the country to realize because. It is scary. It truly is um, hard pressed. There's a couple of things that they placed in this. Uh, one of them is to get a new CCW in this state, you can never have made a threat 
or commit an act of violence to yourself or others in the last 10 years. And the definition of threat was like, I get mad because we're building something. I'm like, you ever drop a hammer on me and I'm gonna, done for 10 years. Like it's not, it's, they just don't, they don't do it. Any type of restraining order. And I wanted to talk about this because I think a lot of us default to like what restraining orders were designed to do. Like you know, you're trying to kill somebody so you're restrained. But let me give you an example of a current court case the CRPA is fighting in this state. The people went and got a ring camera system. That's pretty normal across the country. And you install it. And if your home isn't like in Oklahoma, but like California, where you can actually see your neighbor because you're that close and you set your camera up. Well, you're looking at your backyard. Well, the lady next door was like, I don't like a camera being on the side of the house. So she got a restraining order. That restraining order automatically kicked into the process of where those people's firearms were seized and taken away over a ring camera, had nothing to do with anything else. And that's because in that county, they said any restraint order. This makes it so that if you have any restraint order against you in the state of California for anything, you can't get a CCW. Isn't um, there also a case in, um, or a policy, I should say, in California that you can have a restraining order and not even be notified about it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And one of the things that I, I give as a talking point to people is laws from the day this country was founded were designed to fix a problem that had elevated to a point of where everything in common sense one do. So if you look nationwide, study after study after study has been shown that a, a person with a CCW is one-sixth as likely as a law enforcement officer to do something irregular or wrong with that firearm. One six. So, mean that yeah, this is a great. Law, this is, so I think you need to restate what that is. Is if you look at the amount of crimes committed by the populace, right? There's your super subset of of criminals that are all the time doing all these deeds. Then there's like the normal population. Then there's police officers. And then the CCWs are one-sixth of the level of police officers as far as crimes are concerned. This is not the crowd to be chasing. I mean, Rob, you know this, right? You guys are, are, are helping the CCW carriers out because pretty much they're, they're the good people you want to be on the, on the side of. And they are more law-abiding than any other category of citizen, but right. they're under attack. Yeah. And, and we've asked repeatedly, what did we do? To deserve this attack and the opposition just smiles well it's like the scene from uh, uh unforgiven at the very end with clint eastwood and bill is dying on the floor he says i don't deserve this and clint eastwood says deserves got nothing to do with it right right that that's that's pretty much it so um you know again we need to bring some kind of hope in this. And that is that we're looking for brothers and sisters across the nation to stand up and get in fight because it's coming your way. You know, on the firing line radio show, we coined a term 10 years ago called Goya stands for get off your couch and get in the fight because it's, it's coming your way. And, uh -huh. and you need to understand this. And just because you don't feel the heat right now, doesn't mean they're not stoking the coals in your legislature. It, it, it's there. Um, you have like, look at um, Arizona, right? Flip state, 
if Mark mm-hmm. Kelly, who is a horrid Democrat liberal, uh, if he stays in, that's one more vote uh, for Senate confirmations for crazy people that Joe Joe Brandon's going to put on the court. That's one more vote. You have a chance to stop that in a place like Arizona. Uh, I have friends moving to Montana. It's like, like, well, I'm going to the free state of Montana. It's like, have you seen your senators? They vote lockstep right. with California. Uh, Colorado is the same thing. So you, Oregon, forget about it. So you've got... Uh, You've got these different states that we think are freedom loving, but you're still in the same thing. It is in your state, whether you have seen it or not. Um, You know, even some of the some of the small cities in like North Dakota, South Dakota, their downtowns are starting to get that stuff. You wouldn't expect it, but it's happening. And so you have to be vigilant where you are. You have to uh, support those that are in the fight on the front lines and you make sure that they're there. So, Rick, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, they can reach out at contact at crpa.org or just go to crpa.org. I'm sorry, I cut you off there. Yeah, no, what I was going to say is, and, you know, in a lot of states, you don't have active groups like the CRPA there to help defend you. You need to start farming those. You need to start getting collections of you together. And one thing that I'm telling everybody in our state is, we have a habit in the Second Amendment community. That habit is we show up and I call it a tailgate griping. We get on someone's tailgate at the range or something, and it's a circle of depression of like, well, this is going on, that's going on. That is part of my job, folks. Part of my job in the Capitol is to get my opposition to have those tailgate parties because if they're doing that, they're not voting. They're not moving the ball against me. And that's why I want. I want them to stalemate. They on the opposition love to see us sitting at a coffee shop at a range, griping, doing nothing. So at least hold each other accountable. Every time you see one of those guys say, how's this move the ball forward for the constitution? And if it doesn't stop doing it because the definition of insanity is doing the same stuff over and over, expecting a different outcome. And our community has been doing the same reactive stuff for decades. And that's how we got where we're at today. Yeah, You know, and so many guys in the Second Amendment community have military experience. And what is the one thing we always hear is that we're always fighting the last war in our current military, right? We're going, hey, same thing in legislative battle is we're always fighting the second thing. As we saw with Bruin, once, you know, just like my bookshelves back here, hey, if this happens, here's our play code. They were lined up and ready to go. They know when they pass these laws, they're going to be constitutionally challenged. They use public funds and public DAs and or AGs to, to push their agenda down there. And then they say, okay, well, if this schmuck loses, what do we do? Well, we'll, we'll hit them with this lawsuit. We'll hit them with this. We'll hit them with this, hit them with this. Writing these laws costs them nothing. They don't even pay for the ink and the pen when they sign for this stuff. This is all publicly funded because we have the wrong people in office. And so, you know, the Brady, the Brady bunch walks in and gives them the, uh, this bill says here, submit this. And they just walk over, submit it. Then all of a sudden they have a lot of funds in their reelection campaign from nowhere. Um, that's how, that's, they're getting, it's a pay to play system. And, mm-hmm. and because they have thought this out because their ultimate goal 
is to disarm the Americans so they can tell you how to live, when you can come out of your house, what church to go to, what who to associate with, when they feel it's nice, when you can move in your vehicle, when they feel you have the right to move, when you've, when you've earned the right to go from city to city. Um, just like in China, that's their ultimate goal. And I'm sorry to bring this up on this particular podcast, but everything they do is moving that football one yard down the line. And they're already like on our 20. I mean, it's time for goal line defense. And everything they do is with that intention. Yet we have the best people on our side who are not engaged. Like you said, they're at the tailgate, the, the shooting. I was at West End Gun Club, talked to this guy in a blue shirt. And I said, hey, man, this is coming. Oh, I don't care. I'm like, what? What? wow, we're, we're at a shooting match. This shooting match could not happen if they pass that law because no one's going to spend $600 in ammo to shoot one match. They'll close the range because they won't have anybody that can, you know, what, why does this not, and why do you think this will not uh, go nationwide? Anyway, that, that mentality has to be stopped. It is in your backyard. You are on the, the side. You need to stand up. You're, you're on the front lines, like in the, the Revolutionary War. Hey, you're one of those guys. They're shooting at you. Just because they hit the guy to your right and the guy to your left doesn't mean they're not shooting at you. You need to realize this, folks. And every single state needs to get involved. And the guys in the states, and, and you know, um, email Rob if you have a complaint. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> You have to realize how important this is. And I know that uh, I might feel passionate because, hey, I've been here for 59 years in this state and I've watched it go from a great place to, you know, just doing the big swirly through the J trap um, because of bad governance. 1982, we had Prop 15 trying to outlaw all handguns. That's when it started, 1982. And, you know, here we are 40 years later fighting the same fight. Well, you know, we've, we've also, and you and I have touched on this on, on previous shows, but, uh, you know, you had people for years that were like, you're, you're going way overboard here, you know, but you're, you're telling people that, that 2A protect, protects 1A. And mm -hmm. if you don't believe that now, you see the reactions to the ruin decision. And all of a sudden now they want to, they want access to all your social media and those kind of things because they want to they want to screen you before they before they approve whether or not they're going to allow you to carry. Um, so those things that that have been fears are are coming to fruition. They're becoming things that that we have to have to actually take heed to now. So uh, anyway, um, <laughs> it. Again, be, be aware of what's going on out there. Be active, be vocal, um, call, call your representatives um, and uh, stay trained up, stay in the game, stay, stay focused. Um, Rick, thank you again for coming on and helping us out. Thank um, you. Yeah, we appreciate you so much. Uh, Phil, good to see you again, brother. Um, as always, if you guys have uh, questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach me directly at rob at ccwsafe.com. Yeah. Thank you guys. Send, send for... all the complaints about me to Rob too. I don't read them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for joining and uh, we'll look again for you next week. Thank you. Stay safe, stay free guys.